This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at homedepot.com workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. to 101 moving to 40 and 16 and a fantastic game from our beloved or at least that's what Kyle Lowry refers to him as as pointed out by I believe Emma Brown on Twitter Pascal Siakam huge game from him leading the Raptors through his various mismatches great post passing and electric flair in the open court to this win and what I'm sure the Raptors are hoping Leads to, uh, you know, another winning streak and something they can keep building on going forward. A strong step out of the All-Star break. A bit of sluggishness at different points in the game. The offense, you know, looking like it was in a bit of disarray at times. But Pascal Siakam largely taking them over the hump. A crazy third quarter with fouls for Serge Ibaka. But here we are, 118-101. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am your host, Samson Folk. Thank you for joining me. And let's jump into the game. So some of the sluggishness that I I did mention, I, what was it, seven seconds ago, that did come at the start of the game, partially. Both teams looking out of sorts. We saw turnovers from Kyle Lowry. We saw turnovers from Fred Van Vliet. Both teams quite sloppy. Neither doing a great job of scoring. The Raptors, at least defensively, they looked quite sharp 
in a couple early possessions before they figured it out and locked it down, maybe three, well, I guess a quarter through the first quarter, so around four minutes into the game. But we had a huge block shot from Pascal Siakam. It looked like he ran from the hash mark out to the three-point line and blocked a three-point attempt, I believe, from Kelly Oubre Jr., and that seemed to set things in motion for the Raptors, at least in part. The defense started to tighten up a little bit as if they remembered, oh yeah, we have Pascal Siakam in this defensive unit. We can be more aggressive because he can recover and locate shooters like almost nobody else in the NBA. So a little bit bolder in that regard. Maybe even more so after they saw OG Ananobi get out on a three-point shooter and block their shot. The Raptors, they started stunting really successfully against the Phoenix Suns offense. And a stunt is when you, let's, it's, I guess, fairly intuitive, but uh, for those who don't know, a stunt is when you act as if you're going to make the rotation or fill the lane, and you actually don't. Sometimes it forces the ball handler into a picked-up dribble, sometimes forces them into an, a pass out to the wing or to the top of the arc just to take away the advantage they looked like they were going to have. And you can stop yourself from rotating over that way and start rotating over to where you think they're going to pass. The Raptors, really good at this, and they had a lot of success in the early part of the game after a bit of the sloppiness very early on. And they actually they really locked down the Suns. They were very, very active. The rotations really crisp. The scram switches that if you listen to the weekly podcast that I talked about with Mike Prada, that's when the Raptors are just, they're at their best when they're successfully scram switching. And that just makes their defense a fluid, amorphous blob of uh, defense and tenacity, I guess. Not to overuse that term, though, if you listen to all these podcasts, you're probably hearing it and like, Sam stop saying the same things over and over again and i'll stop i will we'll move on to something else on offense pascal siakam doing a fantastic job of i guess what would it be manipulating leveraging his mismatches whether that meant that he was scoring in the post against kelly Oubre jr devin booker or dario saric whoever was on him at the, that point in time michael bridges i should also acknowledge him as well but Beasting on all those guys on the inside, doing a great job of getting his own offense. The Suns, not so much getting wise to it, but obviously recognizing that that was a weak point, a chink in their armor, and trying to shore up that that loss defensively. Pascal Siakam recognizing the double teams well before they came, doing a great job of waiting for the defense to commit, then making the pass over top. The breakdowns he created led to a lot of open shots for the Raptors in the rest of the quarter, and the breakdowns he created and the passes he made really were the lifeblood of the the Raptors' offense in that first quarter. He scored 17 of the first, I believe it's roughly 31 points around there, and it was basically it was his defense that allowed the Raptors to say, okay, right, we love to get out in transition. We want to get out in transition. We have to play that aggressive brand of defense, so let's get into it. And offensively, there wasn't that much going on besides force-feeding Pascal, and it's reflected in how many points he scored at the end of this game, I think 37. He was putting the ball in the bucket, and efficiently, I think it was on 19 or 20 shots, basically just superstar status, really flexing his muscles after being an all-star starter. Him and Trey Young both. Trey Young had 50 points, but doing a great job getting the Raptors off on the right foot in that first quarter. The second quarter was even more so like that, not so much just from Pascal Siakam, but the Raptors as a whole doing such a great job. 
and there's mostly credited to the defense because the Raptors scoring in transition, whether that was Kyle Lowry finding a clever Terrence Davis cut on a hit-ahead pass or Terrence Davis, he had a couple baskets like that where he was finding a lane to the rim, Kyle Lowry recognizing it, or just Lowry being able to pull up, Lowry getting the defense rotated, Serge Ibaka getting a lane to the rim, but a lot of the damage in the second quarter being done in transition, and it was because that really stark difficult to get around defense was playing extremely well well into the second quarter and it was it was only in the third quarter till things got a little bit problematic I might say but that second quarter the Raptors before they went into halftime opened up a 24 point lead and that was as I said earlier largely on the back of a fantastic defensive performance Kyle Lowry and co had a nice stretch in that second quarter less of the offense sitting on Pascal's shoulders more of a an attack from transition as I already laid out but the Raptors really taking care of business to that point looking like they're going to absolutely run away with it but, you know, as it always is, the the NBA, it's not often that you see a team lose by 48 points. I know the Washington Wizards had a bit of a thing going on in the early season where they would just get absolutely smacked around, but it's not the same as it was, and that's not really part and parcel for every team. Usually there's a compete level, and usually the team that's way out in front gets a little bit complacent, especially the Raptors with, they play a very intense brand of basketball, it's tough to maintain that intensity when you're up 24 points. And we saw the fallout of that in the third quarter and going forward. And the third quarter was a little bit strange. It was very ref heavy and nobody likes to see a game that's played that way. But the Raptors, in absurd amounts of calls, called on Ibaka. I'm not sure if I'm seeing this right, but it looked like there was four or five fouls called on him in the quarter. So... That might speak to a maybe a bit too tight of a whistle as far as how the refs were seeing how he was playing defense and maybe B that the Raptors were less, <laughs> I guess, just not as good at the point of attack, which meant that the breakdowns were left for Serge Ibaka to try and shore up. And that meant that he was kind of caught out or left out as vulnerable in the help side quite often. And that led to... You know, Serge Ibaka, for what it's worth, you know, Marcus Gasol definitely plays a type of defense where he'll make the call to sit back and let a guy get a layup. Like he's Marcus Gasol, I've said it a million times on a bunch of different podcasts, but a top 10 defensive player in the league when he's been healthy this year, he's he's fantastic. But sometimes he'll make the, the business decision to stay at home on uh, let's say a big man instead of rotating to the guy fully who's going at the rim for the shot contest. Serge Ibaka will always make that rotation. And that means he changes a couple more shots per game than Marcus Gasol. But it also means that maybe the, the defensive rebounding isn't as good. But th this is kind of tangential. I should say this is maybe a bit of a tangent. I'll, I'll nip it in the butt. Serge Ibaka, he, he makes it his priority to contest the shots. And that meant that he he had a bunch of fouls tacked on him and that meant that the Raptors had surrendered half of their lead up to that point it went from 24 all the way down to nine I believe but it sat around between 12 and 15 for a while but Serge Ibaka had to come out some craziness went on with the referees Nick Nurse wanted to I guess challenge a call and he tried to but Serge Ibaka got a technical after he contested 
one of the fouls that was called on him. So he got a technical, and since they let Devin Booker or Ricky Rubio, I can't remember who shot it, because the refs let them shoot the technical before they gave Nick Nurse the timeout, it meant that Nick Nurse was no longer eligible to, I guess, challenge the play. So pretty big goof up on the refs part and something that Nick Nurse still got the challenge out later in the game. It ended, It was when Fred Van Vliet had an, an incidental elbow to Devin Booker's face, which technically is an offensive foul. It's just not malicious. It's not a flagrant. But he definitely whacked him in the face. But that was later that Nick Nurse ended up using his challenge again. But there was a lot of hubbub. Nick Nurse was pretty furious because Serge Ibaka had been called for so many fouls. He was trying to challenge one. He wanted his big man to be able to stay in the game. He wasn't able to, and it was a pretty weak call. I believe it was on DeAndre Aiden, and just tough scene for my guy. Tough scene. And the Raptors, that's when you need a guy like Kyle Lowry, who had been relatively quiet in the game. OG Ananobi also fairly quiet in the game, but a very good quiet, controlled when he was on offense, finding the seams, not so much as a shooter in this game, but as an attacker, doing a really great job of hunting those those baseline cuts around the rim when Siakam or Lowry are on ball coming downhill. We always we know him for that. He'll sweep around, dunk it on the other side, but also fantastic defensively. And just want to highlight that, but Kyle Lowry really bring it home, I believe in the the minute following, I think it was he took a charge, he hit a three, and he cherry-picked um, because he, he thought he should have got a foul call. The ball went down the other end. Pascal hit him with a hit-ahead. Then he found Rondé Haas Jefferson for a layup. The Raptors' lead went from 13 up to 18, and then the Suns called the timeout, but not until after Kyle Lowry got a technical foul for complaining about something that had happened around when he passed Rondé Hollis Jefferson the ball. It was chaotic, but it was the type of chaos that, you know, I I say this all the time, but the Raptors are agents of chaos. They thrive in it and they live in it. So when they get the right type going, it's very good for their team. And Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam doing a great job in those minutes. But the turnover problem was still kind of creeping back in for the Raptors. So pushing back to 18, that didn't stick. There were still, I guess, problems with... Well, and also DeAndre Ayton started to loom large in the game because with five fouls, Serge Ibaka had to be pulled out for almost the rest of the game. And he was pulled out with, I guess, more than six minutes left in the third quarter, I believe. So... He, that's almost half the game he wasn't able to check back in for. I think he came back in with f- four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Maybe not even that. I'm just trying to think back. I think it was four or five minutes. And DeAndre Ayton, he came alive. He was way more competitive on the offensive glass as a lob threat, just as a, a guy on the short roll or on the the dive all the way to the rim. He was way more dangerous. The Raptors trying to front and play really aggressive with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, tried to, trying to contend with him. That also means that that opens up things for Ricky Rubio and for Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre Jr., whomever on the Suns. And instead of being able to go single coverage with Ibaka on Ayton, they're allowed to manipulate and kind of leverage that against the Raptors more so. That was tough for the Raptors, especially when they weren't doing as well taking care of the ball, I believe is 20-plus turnovers in this game especially when they were playing such great half-court defense for so long in this game. 
to have their offense kind of ruin defensive possessions for them because when they were in half court, it was so great. But when they were giving up those transition looks to the Suns, that was obviously transition is really easy offense. Any Raptors fan should know the team is built so much of their identity on killing it in transition. So giving up those points to a team like the Suns, that hurts. That sucks, especially when you have guys like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, who you want to take care of the ball. You really want them to look after the ball. And so a bit of a, I guess it was just a stumble on their part as far as taking care of the ball. But the Raptors maybe swinging the game on a, a banked in Serge Ibaka three shortly after he returned to the game. Aiton wasn't able to leave as much of a mark. The Raptors, they strung, you know, some shots together, largely on the back. I know it's funny to say that it was Serge Ibaka's banked in three, but it actually wasn't. It was the two-man game between Siakam and Lowry and Siakam and Van Vliet. They started using Siakam as a screener. They started running triple handoffs and pick and roll, and that opened up shots for Fred Van Vliet. That opened up shots for Lowry and for Siakam, and the Raptors managed to walk out with the 17 point lead at the end of the game making it look quite comfortable even though things got maybe a little bit hairy at the end but the Raptors they cleaned up their act on offense because defensively it was there for most of the game they started getting good shots again after being a little bit stagnant for stretches of the game and figured it out by the end of the game which was nice to see they walk out of there with a win everything's good it's all nice and Pascal finishing with 37 monster game both Fred and Kyle near a triple double maybe I think Kyle was maybe five rebounds away so not so close but Fred maybe two or three rebounds and assists away so close for him but a a fun game definitely nice to watch the Raptors again the Reggie Evans award goes to Pascal Siakam I think that's the guy who deserves it the most I thought he was really fantastic defensively I mean we've seen this game in and game out but the way he's able to cover it's almost like Deion Sanders like a defensive back you you can't throw that skip pass against the Raptors defense because he's lurking he acts as the you know the head of the spear for their defense whether they're running the 3-2 and he's sitting up top or whether he's lurking kind of as a a rover in the back end it's just He covers so much ground. He allows the Raptors to be so much more aggressive on their switches and on their rotations. And he's so malleable in that defense. And he worked really hard in that space tonight. Also, he took so many offensive possessions and found a way to be uber efficient. Also, while mixing in, being able to create for his teammates. It was a a wonderful game from Pascal. So I'm, I'm awarding him with the Reggie Evans Award. But the top quick reaction comment from Mayant Wynn. 13 blocks. That must be a record. I've never seen so many three-pointers blocked in a game. Yeah, it was a lot. And Chris Boucher blocking, I think, two triples and two... I can't remember how many he had. Definitely two big triples on Dario Saric and one big one on DeAndre Ayton, which DeAndre Ayton still ended up scoring after the ball went back down. But Chris Boucher flying around, Pascal getting out, OG getting out. I mean, the Raptors... They really got after it. It was so much fun to see. And Serge Ibaka, obviously, getting in on it, too. But super fun to watch. The Raptors, they get after it defensively, especially in this game. And against a team that, you know, they have, they have some scores. They can do some things offensively. Devin Booker, Aaron Baines is not a glamorous player, but he sets really great screens. And he opens up a lot for the Suns on offense. They kind of played him off the floor a little bit. They held Aiton in check, who is... 
not fully polished as an NBA player yet, but has tons of potential and provides a lot of difficult looks for defenses. We saw that in this game as well. But the Raptors doing a great job of shoring everything up, figuring it out. And yeah, that's a nod to their defense. Definitely the 13 blocks. But for me, this is it. It's over. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Samson Folk. Thank you very much, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.